A very warm welcome to This World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello everyone and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode. My name is Rebecca and today I am your host and I'm joined today by uh, most likely, if you're a regular listener, you will recognise um, this voice very well. It's Paul D. Lowe. Welcome, Paul. Welcome, Mom. Mom. It's Mom today, is it? <laughs> it's Mom today. What's What's really interesting about that, listeners, Rebecca and I um, spoke off air a couple of moments ago about the approach. You know, this this thing around the greatest challenges in life is dot 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 and obviously this is the third episode and we said on the last one that that we'd kind of bring it to a to a head and you know let the cat out the bag um that's from my own perception of what i believe the greatest challenge is Mm. and um i don't i'm not so sure listeners that we're going to end up there because i feel that there's the opportunity in here and certainly my own energy and my own reflections around this are really really bizarre Mm. Um, I shared with uh, Rebecca, even calling her Rebecca, that very formal name, which is a name when all said and done. It sounds so, I don't know, feels so, so weird. But what's even weirder is I've actually compiled 17 pages of notes around this. And the, the last time I did notes for a podcast episode, preparation notes, was on way back on episode one. And I haven't done any since. And I've got 17 pages because I've also asked Rebecca to challenge. And I don't want to give too much away because I don't want to steal steal Rebecca's thunder. But I've asked her to challenge on. Well, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm just going to introduce that word challenge and and see where that takes us, because I know you've got thoughts around this, Rebecca. Mm. Yeah, that's very curious that you've written uh, 17 pages of notes. I mean, that's incredible. Mm. And I wonder what's playing out there. You know, if you haven't done that since the very beginning, mm. that's amazing. Yeah, um, I'm sure we can dive uh, all sorts around that as well and just explore that. And and I'm looking mm. forward to kind of hearing, you know, what, what you've noted down. Um, and yeah, I feel like with the podcasts and the you know we had this idea of this of well actually it kind of just evolved and we thought that it would be a set of three you know and today's the third one but challenge is not a finite thing and you you know we're trying to wrap it up and conclude it mm-hmm. um and it's unique to the individual as well so there isn't like one challenge I, I think you know um we, we we kind of uh, maybe spoke about that I'm not sure actually maybe maybe we didn't but but there is uh no one challenge in life that will be uh fitting for everyone um I I wouldn't imagine anyway I feel like everyone has their own unique challenge um so can I come in on that yeah of course I want to say there is there is one that sits right at the top of the triangle, the tree, call it what you will. 
So I just want to, in my humble opinion, as you say quite rightly, there are challenges in our life that could be X or Y or Z, but there's something that really underpins each and every one of those challenges. So not to, you know, keep sort of watering the cliffhanger, so to speak, and keeping the suspense going, but um, that's my take upon it. So just okay. hold that thought. Just hold All that right. thought. Okay. <laughs> well, I've got a bit of a kind of twist in looking at things. Maybe it's a different angle. But something that came to me that I remember hearing a while ago, and I've sat with quite a lot, um, is our greatest challenge is our greatest gift. And so I've often sat with that and wondered you know because I think for some people it's really obvious what their challenge is maybe they had an experience in life that you know they were disabled and they had to really their whole life changed and they had to you know or maybe um their their parents got divorced and there's like a poignant moment um but I feel like uh you know also that's the story as well isn't it and we've talked about that and beliefs um but also then I know from my experience in my life, I haven't really had a specific event or thing that's happened where I found, you know, found that to be, there's nothing that comes to my mind basically that was like the biggest challenge. Um, so, but it, that, that quote, our greatest challenge is our greatest gift. Um, it, it really gives the power back to us because what it says is that there's, there's pots of gold. There's wisdom to be found on the other side when, you know, you are facing a challenge actually if you um are able to 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 face it i guess then it can be alchemized into something and turned into an integrated and turned into something um that can help you in your in your journey mm. yeah it's fascinating this is this is really Our greatest challenge is our greatest gift. And I feel that this is a gift because I feel that this is such an important topic. You notice, listeners, the way I'm I'm dancing with Rebecca, uh, my, my tone is a lot more formal. My energy is a lot more conservative. And that's not contrived. That's where this particular topic, dance, has taken me to make me not make me, but kind of facilitate me thinking around, hmm, this is such a massive, massive, massive question. Mm. And hence why we're not going to rush it or propose we don't rush it. And it takes us, which is kind of, you know, the, the way we do podcasts anyway, particularly Rebecca and I, you just don't know where you're going to end up. And, and I, I don't know where we're going to end up, let alone anyone else. Um, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Um, subconscious blueprints and self-observation. Mm. I want to attribute this, listeners, to one of my past mentors, Jim Britt. Jim Britt was Jim Rohn's business partner for 10 years, an immensely successful industry giant in the world of personal development. He was Robin Tony Robbins' coach uh, for five years. So, you know, he probably knows one or two things around the area of personal development. So... I do want to honour Jim and, um, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm quoting has been what I've learned from him. And obviously, as we do, we get our own, um, we kind of put our own stamp and our own ownership and we filter it through our own lens of, of what it means to us. So I certainly don't want to claim credit for this work. But at the same time, it is contextual to how my life's 
panned out. Right. Yeah. Um, so subconscious blueprints and self observations. Hmm. We have How, them. Yeah. We have them. We have health, success, money, relationships, everything really. And you know, to quote Henry Ford, if you believe you can, you're right. If you believe you can't, you're right. Mm. And I know we touched on a, a previous um episode around beliefs. Yeah. And and uh, you know, and the story and you know, and all that kind of thing. So as we know, we've spoke about this many times before. I kind of want to come at this from a completely different angle. Rebecca challenged me on something and saying, well, you know, invariably we end up, we're talking about the six human needs, you know, the power of beliefs or, you know, the seventh triangle or, you know, and, and in many respects, listeners, no apologies for that because there's almost a rinse and repeat of these very, very powerful tools. However, that could become a subconscious blueprint in its own right. Mm. And that will block off any other creative thinkings. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting myself to the test here mm -hmm. and I've made all these notes and, you know, kind of invite you and certainly Rebecca to challenge me as strongly as you possibly can around anything that's said, because, you know, when we look at the potential we've got as humans, you know, to, to tell a different story, it's immense. And I'm so grateful to Rebecca for bringing that to the attention that I stroke, we speak so much about the six human needs, the scent model, power of beliefs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that it's like, okay, let's park all that and let's go completely left field now, completely mm. left field. And we will get there, listeners. We will end up with a word, one word that in my humble opinion, and it is about raising awareness, uh, and it's such an obvious one. Maybe it's not. Maybe I shouldn't judge that or pre-frame it. So um, subconscious blueprint, if we kind of make a decision on a conscious level, that helps. But it's really about going down deeper into our inner world. I know I've used in the past the example of the C drive in a computer. You know, it's all right typing on the, a computer screen on a Word document, certain words, and then you can change them superficially. But if there's a virus, you've really got to go down into the C drive. And that is our subconscious. Because otherwise, that virus is going to affect every single program that we play out. And I know I've also used the example of dark glasses. You know, if we're using dark glasses all the time, everything's going to be dark. Mm. So we need to learn to take those glasses off and at the risk of splitting metaphors or diving down into the C drive of the computer and reprogramming ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we can tell ourselves, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to do that. Well, yeah, OK. But in many respects, that's superficial because... <sighs> You know, we're not really getting to the heart of the problem. It's a bit like taking a nice warm shower. We feel great. You know, classic example, New Year's revolutions, as I call them. I think most people call them resolutions. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym in the new year. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to do this. I'm going to run a marathon. Da, 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 da. And then the second or third or early January comes. It's snowing. It's wet. It's cold. I'll go tomorrow. 
I'll go tomorrow. Yeah, but those trainers I bought you, they cost me £100. I don't matter. They'll get used. And six months later, they're still in the box. That's an example of changing things on a conscious level. But where we really, really need to dig down into the subconscious is tell ourselves and ask ourselves, why do I want to change? Mm -hmm. Is that leverage strong enough? And that's usually to get away from pain. You know, mm -hmm. when we look at the the drivers we have as humans, it's pain or pleasure. The vast majority of humans, there are a few exceptions, but the vast majority of us will do whatever we need to do to avoid pain. Mm -hmm the pleasure will just follow because we'll create that pleasure in this complacency of comfort. Mm. So that that's the first thing. Um, it's a question of basically self-observation. What thoughts are playing out here? What feelings? And watching those. Some might say detachment rather than becoming that thought or feeling or just telling yourself you're going to change. What's playing out and sitting with it and being in that solitude in silence? Mm. Now, at first, that can, I suppose it's a bit like any training. When you start going to the gym for the first time, you're aching, you don't want to go, you find all the aches. And this is the same thing because isn't it true that when we're in pain or we want to change something, unless that leverage is very, very, very strong. And this is why I kind of personally, I don't, really buy into the word motivation mm. i buy into inspiration because inspiration takes us into the c drive for me motivation is superficial yeah okay do you know what i'm motivated to get out of bed and have a nice shower how inspired are you to really change your life and that's a different thing and it takes us out of our comfort zone but that's where the pots of gold are found and that's been certainly my own experience and certainly some of the stuff that I've learned, you know, over the years, not just from Jim Britt, but from various eminent practitioners. I'm going to pause there. Any thoughts around anything I've said there? Getting to the root, getting to that root, as you, you know, described with the metaphor of the C drive. Um, and it's often a place that's hidden or that we're trying not to look at, I find, because, uh, you know, there's patterns um, of, you know, as you said, moving away from pain. And so it's, yeah, sitting with that, sitting and and separating yourself from yourself and, yeah, really looking at uh, being with, and observing those thoughts and how how you are being every day, how you are showing up. What you, mm. even the I feel like sometimes even the, the small nuances can tell you so much. So being in tune to those and actually listening. Um, so yeah, um, and it's interesting about the motivation thing. So I, I really agree with that. And I heard something once um, that I feel is true uh, for me anyway, uh, is that motivation comes from taking action. So a lot of people wait to be motivated to do a thing. Um, and, and no, it feels true because when you, when you do something, 
like take a, a, a step outside your comfort zone, you get motivated. So um, it actually comes from taking action. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. I'm curious about your 17 pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we'll, we'll plough through them. We'll plough yeah. through them. Um, I mean, really, when you look about sort of changing the old, so if you want to, you know, if you want to add a, a latte to an already full mug of coffee, you can't really because you've got to get rid of that old coffee to create the new. And it's a bit like, I mean, what we call neural pathways. We create a path. If you keep walking along a certain, say you take a shortcut over a field across the grass, sooner or later there's going to be, there's going to be a path there. You know, initially, if you do it, the, the grass will spring back. Maybe nobody will know you've, you've taken that particular path. But if you do it again and again and again, there's a path that emerges and people say, oh, OK, somebody's walking. Well, it's the same with the neural pathways in, in our minds. You know, where we pay our attention is where the energy and the power is. So if we keep going a certain way, sooner or later, that new that new way is going to appear. Mm -hmm. And the old way, it's like, well, we're ignoring me. Yeah. And, and, and then you get to the stage, well, who said that, by the way? Who's, who said it's and, – and I've certainly played this out many times, and I've broken those pathways because I've said this to you, Rebecca, have I not? You know, despite my long, long alcohol addiction, I cannot even remotely uh, relate to a guy that had a relationship with drink. Even when I go in, in the pub and see some of the old faces that, you know, maybe at one time I may have lifted a glass or two with. I just don't recognize me as being a drinker mm. at all in any. And that's through not through denial. And that's convenient because it's painful because it ain't. I find it quite humorous. It's like, you know, how can you do this for so many, so many years at such a profound level? End up on park benches, lose relationships. You know, I mean, it was really it was heavy stuff. Because it wasn't you. It wasn't me, and I cannot even I laugh about it. It's like, who was this guy? Well, I know it was. His name was Shufflefoot. <laughs> um, but it's fascinating, and I think what that speaks to for me is this example of these. If you don't, if you don't nurture something, it dies. And that identity, that that me, that energy, whoever he was in that phase of his life, I, I just can't not just with the drink, but with so many aspects of my life, it's just can't relate to it. You know, people say, oh, you know, Paul, you used to be this, you used to be that, you used to, you used to be mad. And this morning, I was in a, you know, I bumped into somebody and uh, went in for a coffee and they was having a drink. Oh, you used to be mad, you used to be crazy. And I just quote, you know, the humour, Barbara Streisand record, yeah, but used to be's don't count anymore. You know, just playing with it and I don't know. Anyway, so does, does that make sense about these neural pathways? It does. And actually something I wrote down, I didn't write many notes, nowhere near 17 pages, but I wrote <laughs> a couple. <laughs> and one of them was where your focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, what you focus on actually ends up manifesting. Um. But it's interesting, the analogy or metaphor of the the cup of coffee that you used and about mm. the emptying and the filling in again. 
Mm. I see it a bit differently. I I, I kind of see it more as like an integration of where the stuff that you, the, the old, I guess, if you like, the old coffee that you're wanting to get rid of, is similar because it's, you're wanting to burn that, you're wanting to kill it off essentially because everything's about the de- the death and rebirth process really in life the cycle of nature so but I feel like the difference is that what is killed off in those ashes then gets alchemized into the new rather than kind of being gone going away that kind of actually gets retransformed um alchemized into the new so it's more of an integration process so that's my kind of challenge, I guess, if you like, on your uh, your cup analogy. Just, just, just how I kind of how I relate to it is more that process. Okay, so let me give you a um, a response to that then. So maybe, and let's use my alcohol. So maybe when I used to drink from the bottle of a certain brand, a well-known American brand, maybe I choose not to drink that anymore. And it doesn't matter what I put in that bottle; it's still a beer bottle. So actually, the vessel I choose choose now is not an infusion of the new into the old because I've just left the old behind. I've left it on the bar. There's no relationship between the new and the old. What I choose now is a different glass with a different liquid completely rather than trying to put the water into the beer to dilute it, to change it, to alter it. I leave that old bottle on the bar or that old cup of coffee because it's gone cold. I don't try and change it. I just leave it there. It's done. It's over. But what I do do is order a new vessel with a new liquid in for me. And the new replaces the old. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I guess there's a lot, lots of different ways that you can, you know, look at it. Um, that whole process, that whole cycle of, is it that we, because energy can't be destroyed it can only be transformed so if you're letting something go it's going somewhere but the yeah. i think we're, we're getting a bit bogged down here on oh, why is that energy leaving a drink a metaphoric drink on the bar is there it's there in its form but we simply choose to have a better drink one that serves us better, i.e. a glass of water for in a practical sense. It's just there. It's just that we, somebody will pick it up and drink it. Somebody. But that doesn't have to be you. Yeah, okay. I think because I was thinking of that as a metaphor. So so if you have like a, something that's holding you back, say an old pattern or an old belief, mm. so as opposed to... Because we can let these things go, but as we know, our body holds on to stuff and they can kind of trickle back in again. And mm. so, yeah, I feel like reframing is such an important um, part of this as well, actually, isn't it? Reframing, because you can, for example, just to, uh, I know I've t- probably talked about this quite a few times, but nerves for me, I'm so, I'm really trying to reframe that. So when I, whenever I get some nerves about something, I... I'm trying to shift it instead of it being something that I'm like, oh, oh no, like I'm feeling nerves. It's actually, wow, like I'm I'm alive and something is making me feel alive right now. Like that's 
what an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that reframe um, kind of is what I'm talking about in terms of it's it's alchemizing something into, you know, something something new that magic. Well, a classic one is you know why is it so therapeutic when we clear out the house? We chuck stuff away, you know, clearing out a wardrobe, for example, old clothes, what have you. And that's exactly that's probably a better example than the drink, actually. But we're just chucking old stuff away, you know, stuff that we may be emotionally attached to. I've done it myself. Well, I don't want to get rid of that because, you know, the kids reports from when they was little. You know, I've hung on to them for years and years, never read one of them, by the way, not one. And there's this big cardboard box full of stuff. Well, (laughs) what's the point? Mm. What is the point? And we cling to stuff now. I am going to actually give those reports back to my to my kids and say, these are yours. Do with them what you want. I am no longer going to harbour them because, you know, it's taking space up. Physically, it's taking space up in a wardrobe where, and it's clutter. And I mean that lovingly and respectfully to my kids' reports, but it's clutter. Mm. And so to have something new, we've got to make room for it. You know, clear the wardrobe out, clear the house out, and then okay, we can make room for the new. Mm. That's something that's so relevant for the planet as well. I'm just thinking as you're describing that, how much stuff, rubbish, like wasteland and just plastic and just, oh, like, you know, the planet's clogged up with stuff. And, um, yeah, the we need to be able to to transform that, really, and, you know... Mm. Um, so it's, it works for the individual and the collective, you know, in that kind of, in that way, it's a, it's a refreshing or I don't know what the right word would be like, um, yeah, I guess, I guess in nature, like when something dies in nature, it becomes, so if an animal dies, it becomes rotten, doesn't it? So like Mm. it it kind of decays, but actually then what it does is it becomes, food for the flies and it becomes compost for the earth and for the soil and it becomes nutrients and then that kind of gets put back into the earth i don't know where i was going with that but (laughs) (laughs) it's our first rabbit hole of the day list yeah yeah. okay now we have a choice to make here we have a choice to make do we keep diving down on this with the other aspects i want to bring to the table or do we park it here and just kind of reinforce the power of subconscious blueprints and self-observation? Watch yourself. What are you saying? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Because mm. these things, in many respects, are external to us. To mm. us, I, you know. Yet again, I'm going into the territory of Spire and his non-duality, which I absolutely love, and I've seen the power of that. But we're not going to go there. We're not going to go into the six human needs. We're not going to go into the power of beliefs. We're not going to go into the scent model. I really do want to bring some new insights to this, mm. this fascinating topic. So I'm in your hands, Mom. We can either proceed and make a 15-hour-long podcast or we can break them down into kind of little bits and pieces. And um, it's wherever you want to take it, really. 
Sure. Okay. Well, I think this has been a good uh, a good amount of uh, uh, time on this podcast. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's leave it there and let's explore more in in next podcast, because, as you say, there's so much we can talk about this. You know, we don't need to kind Mm -hmm. of try and try and get it all in one or rush it or or anything. You know, there's so much um, layers and and, and, um, different ways that we can uh, dance around this, essentially. So. So, yeah. Okay. Um, anything to to kind of um, well to add to that before we sign off on this particular episode? Um, just stay curious, I guess. Uh, stay uh, stay curious, and um, I love that you've brought to the space the subconscious blueprints and the um just I don't know what is that word you use the awareness or just the self-observation self-observation yeah yeah I think I think this has been really powerful Mm. okay well we did something on the last one Rebecca where we signed off together let's do that again so remember listeners the world is changing how will you respond Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond?